0: Now we're recording Well, on cheers to everything.
1: That. What are we drinking? Uh we are drinking a Jepson's Malort bourbon barrel pick from my friend Amon. But it's not Malort. Well, it it's not Malort, no, it's it's a bourbon, and Malort is a Swedish sweetest Swedish liqueur. And that's what he always says. So it's a Swedish liqueur and this is a bourbon that All right. he got from he got from them. Oh, that's good oh it's awesome
0: it's and so different than the other malort
1: on top of that like i lived in chicago for a few years and so i got to be around the jepson's people the malort fans and i loved it i loved everything about it a 4 drink malort big fan i will take a shot of malort almost any time without complaint solely because the passion of like the malort fans out there
0: so when i tried malort the first time The original Malort, not this. This bourbon is excellent. Um, The Malort that's famous for being Malort. Uh, It was a really terrible experience. One of my friends was like, "Try this shot of whiskey," and he like he talked it up like it was gonna be great. I wasn't a huge whiskey fan at the time. The worst experience of my life. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Right away, you're like, "Interesting," and then it slowly develops into something worse.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it lingers. (laughs) It's it it's a clinger. It stays around for quite a while. To
0: fast forward, I was with some friends at Tasting Room in Monona, and the bartender, I think his name's Daniel. He's phenomenal. He's like, try this, try this. He's constantly grabbing me stuff off the bar. He's like, do you like Malort? I was like, no, not at all. He's like, I'm gonna prove you wrong, but you're gonna wanna finish your cigar first, because this is gonna destroy your palate. And I was like, I've smoked enough cigars, I think I'll be fine. Just let me know what it is. I can handle it. He made some cocktail. I don't know what it was, but it was phenomenal. Everybody else at the table thought it was gross. And I was like, "Do you like Negronis?" Yeah. And they're all like, "No." I'm like that might be why, because there's this bitter.
1: Yeah. Tinge. yeah. I like Negronis. They're delicious.
0: And so that being said, there's a place for the bitterness of Malort, and it's whatever mm. that cocktail was.
1: Yeah, I bet you can use it in something wild. I'm surprised more people haven't, because there's probably a balance you can find, even though it is pretty, like
0: repulsive. It is. That's going to be also- the next cocktail uh, experiment, Malort. Negroni.
1: Yeah, I would do that. All I'd right. start. That's going to happen. I'm in. Let's make them now. I have both Malord and I think was Negroni have Campari in it? Campari and Vermouth. I got it's, all it's those one things. Part. Well, maybe not this episode. One part, one part, one part. We can do a shot of Malord if you want. Let's not. It's the barrel aged Malord. The 2020 a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, I might have to try that. Yeah, Anyways. pretty great. <laughs> Mikey's on. <laughs> Yeah, thank sorry. You. This thank is for... actually how a normal conversation goes with me, believe it or not. It's normally all around. That's what this is for.
0: Yeah. So thank you for coming on the ATF podcast. Thank you for having me. Most of these end up being virtual, so it's always good to have in person. It doesn't happen enough, but I mean.
1: I agree. In person seems like I. there's just a magic between people. That like you can you can't get over virtual. So
0: so what you're saying is what we have is magic.
1: No, but it's gonna be uh, more that's magic what said.
0: <laughs> than on the screen. But that's true. Yeah. Um. So you have a long history in the cigar industry. Mm-hmm. Take us to the beginning. When did you have your first cigar?
1: Um. First cigar was with my dad's friends who caught me smoking. Uh, Swisher or some something along those lines and they were quite mad at me for it and then they're like if you're gonna have a cigar you should have an actual cigar and so um, with my father's permission of course I had my first cigar and then I would have cigars periodically with his friends and um, mentors of mine especially at the time Uh, every few weeks we'd get together and I'd have like a cigar with them and Um, after that, got out of high school, so fast forward a little bit, um, and then immediately started meeting with these guys, um, just for cigars, once a week at a a cigar shop right in Brookfield, Wisconsin, called Jack's Tobacco at the time, and now is Metro Cigars Brookfield, and Paul and Jen are great, um, yeah, big fan of the store back in the day, still now it's right down the road, I was just there for a Perdomo event last month, just go say hi, see what's happening. Um, but after that, uh, started getting into it with some people I played music with uh, throughout the years and meeting up for cigars every week. And so they were like, hey, we can't, like we have a cigar shop way closer to us. Right. And then no matter where I was at, it was already a 50 minute drive for me to get out to the shop every week. So it couldn't get any worse, you know? So then we found like Country Cigars. And then after that, it was just a downward, like downward spiral. Um, I got involved there we'd meet once a week and then you know we're young guys we're meeting all these really smart successful people that are really kind to us and like kind of just like giving us knowledge freely but like enjoying it at the same time you know and so just kind of got plugged in just learning from these people i was i was meeting once a week and then twice a week and then you know the regulars on x and y day i really like so i'd go in on that day after work and then it became a thing where i was driving out every day um not even having cigars every day they're just going out every day yeah what else am i gonna do i'm a a 18 19 year old kid with just trying to figure out life climbing trees around power lines for a living
0: and yeah yeah. so what you were a lumberjack.
1: Yeah, for a number of years, yes. And I that was, was a before climber. the cigar thing? Uh, during. Which uh, was first? Vocationally. Um, vocationally, it would have been trees for sure, because that was right out of high school. I got a was full-time Was that a family job. thing? Or was that no, a... just I needed a job. I just graduated. I didn't know what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. And so I was like, all right, well, I need to get a, a job. And my father was like, "You should get a big boy job, yep. like a, go so into a trade, top. learn something, try to figure out if you know you can you can acquire the skills necessary to do it for yourself in the future. Uh, more so, just like oh, I have a tree, so like I can climb the tree or I can get a lift and I can right. take the tree down. Um, just like learn that skill." And so I was like, "Okay, deal." And so I talked to one of my family members who was in the industry, and I said, "Hey, I'm looking to just like get in." just as a, a job until I kind of figure out what I wanna do. And so I, I worked for Wright Tree Service doing transmission lines and working around those for a year or so. And then I spent the next two or three working around um, uh, the distribution power line. So like what's around the house much more. So it wasn't uh, deep in
0: the woods with an ax? Uh,
1: that was my first one. Yeah, my first one was that, it was awesome. It Good. was so much fun. You just go out to the middle of nowhere under these big transmission lines and you just, it's you and we got to see deer all the time and like nature kind of happened and Very it was cool. a lot of fun. But the next one was much more residential focused. and So less fun.
0: So as you were doing that job, you were a regular Lake Country. When did it shift to them saying, hey, we want you to work here, or did you approach them and say you wanted a job? Or was it like Matt, where it was just kind of like accidentally stumbled into it and now he's the owner?
1: No, no. So it was... it was well, My buddies got me there because it was closer to them, so it was a closer spot to meet for cigars every week. And so we'd go out there instead of uh, any of the other options because there's a lot of great options here, especially in Wisconsin, for like mm-hmm. lounges to go hang out at, get a cigar, like... All of them are really awesome, so it's not like we were lacking that. It's just that's closest. So started going out, then started going pretty regularly. Then started helping. And the first time I used the register was probably I wasn't even an employee yet. Like there's uh, the hierarchy of Father Jerry, who used mm-hmm. to, who was a fixture there for many, 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 many years. Um, he was just like, well, ring him out. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. And I've always kind of expressed like, hey, I'm ready to help out. I was already helping out with events, like relatively quickly and helping with set up, tear down just stuff. Like I said, I was a 18, 19 year old guy. I, right. I didn't have shit to do, you know, other than work and then pursue hobbies, you know? And so I started going and yeah, Jerry, he, he basically, Tenured all of us in me, Jason, Jack, Jana, mm-hmm. like all the the people you've probably run into over the years. Yeah, was was issued by Jer, and so it was kind of natural when um, when they became short staffed. I was uh, around, and I immediately started taking shifts up, and it was nonstop from there. So I started yeah. there maybe 2000, late ten early 11 it's a long time but it's been
0: great and i was there every day for six years easy so did was that ever a full-time thing for you um i had
1: winters off with one company i worked for a few years later maybe 2013 or so um, so I've had time in the winter cause we'd work all, you know, the other three seasons winter, we'd get laid off. So I worked at the shop one season there, you know, as full time oh. as we had openings for. Um, but outside of that, no, my first full time gig, um, would have been at Alec Bradley cigars in 2016. I started working for them was like my first jump, like full-time in the industry. I'm here. Hi. Like, let's,
0: let's go time for a brand.
1: Yeah. That was the goal. You know, ever since I had a lot of great reps in Wisconsin, the Midwest who, you know, uh, through my younger years were around and, you know, kind of believing in me and also like pushing me towards a path in the industry. And it was, yeah so i had a lot of encouragement a lot of people believe in me up to this point yeah that all were quite successful in the industry and so i knew that if i just kept my head down keep going keep pushing like i'd get a spot
0: eventually or
1: at least a a chance
0: was the goal to work in tobacco as a full-time thing or were you working in the shop just because like because you found a home there and it was a home that revolved around your hobby I, I think it's a that's mix kind of kind both of it's a me, mix of it was both like like if i'm gonna be here and learn all this like i should do something with it i didn't mm-hmm. work at the shop well I, I kind of do um but it was a smooth transition from here's what i enjoy very occasionally at the time especially like back in 2014 to like you have one you find what you like you learn about the industry you get to know people reps come in and you're like okay these guys are sweet yeah you make friends with for the most part yep except for dave dave payne oh yeah redheads make me nervous yeah i he's (laughs) a redhead it freaks me out um but no it was it was just a it was a hobby and something to do that was filled with people who wanted to build relationships wanted to teach um And then when people weren't in teaching mode and nerding out about cigars, because not everybody's into that, it's just a cool place to hang out. And that's any cigar shop for the most part, that they're usually kind of a cornerstone of the community for. Yeah,
1: very much. And you have a bunch of people who have time to give potentially, right? Mm -hmm. You have like these older guys who, you know, whatever walk of life they're from, they're coming and they're hanging out. And, you know, you have young guys, whatever walk of life they're coming from, they're coming and hanging out. And everybody just kind of like takes a seat and there's just co-mingle yep that's all like it's a very social thing i think it's one of my favorite social hobbies is to have cigars with people whether it be my cousin or my my brother my friend whoever yep. you know colleague uh, i have a cigar rep coming over tonight for cigars because he's in town and he just right. texts me like hey do you want to have a cigar tonight hell yeah it's one of my favorite activities
0: because you here. just get that yeah, and here, That's
1: you just get that chance to just hang out with somebody and like the, have conversations. You're not you're not on your phone, because that'd be super rude, you know? Yeah. People aren't always on their phone in a lounge. And if you are, you're probably not sitting with a lot of people, because you're always on your phone. Right. You know, it's a very social thing to get together and have a cigar. So I, yeah, it's, it's very important to me to create opportunities and times, because if you do have a cigar with someone, you're probably gonna learn something about them. Or they're right. probably going to give you a little um, uh, a little drop of knowledge in your cup, yep. you know, and that's how you get and a full especially the
0: cup. A, the age range that you find in, in shops like yeah. Lake Country. And I think this is probably the case for maybe most, um, but especially during the day. It's people who are retired or work from home. Yep. And so you get experience talking to other generations that you otherwise wouldn't. Especially just to sit down and pick their brain, and that's not that's not a normal thing. That's especially that's not doesn't seem to be an encouraged thing. an encouraged thing now. Yeah. For like telling a kid like go sit with this guy and just let him talk, ask whatever questions you want.
1: On top of that, it's just it, it's hard. Sometimes people feel like investing into a younger mm-hmm. person or into somebody it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of time to to figure out if there's someone you want to hang out with or invest in or like. I don't know. Give your advice to. Will they even care if you tell them? You know, yep. it takes time to like gauge those questions out, feel them out. And when you're having a cigar with with someone, you're you're. No, it's pretty. It can be an intense conversation yeah. in a in a good way, not like intense as like uh, heated. No, just like good like quality conversation yep. with somebody that knows more than you do clearly solely out of how much older they are they've seen more they've been through more they've been you know successful in whatever realm they they found value in and they're here and you can learn from them right now they may not get a much of a peep on the first time you sit by them but just being friendly and coming back you know next time they're in and saying hi is is all it really takes to you know, and then after you have a few cigars, they've already invested time into you and they'll want to invest more because they have an idea of, of yep. you know, you. They think you're worth it if you spend enough time. Well, if you,
0: you sit them. down in that chair next to them, usually, unless the place is like swamped and people are walking all over the place, like you sit down, you both have cigars. It's kind of that like... All right, I don't have a choice, and you don't have a choice. We're gonna to get to know each other.
1: Yeah, I have never okay. felt it that way. But I don't not, know. Not in a good.
0: Not in, or not in a bad. Not way. a bad. I no, know just, what you're saying. It's just, just a, like, like yeah,
1: you're here. I actually prefer people to go to lounges for their first time if they like really want to get plugged in during an event because it oh, yeah. allows them to kind of meet everybody because most of the like hardcore mem- like everydayers are gonna be around at some point that day and like that chaos of like oh i'm going to sit here and like park right on this chair where who's going to sit here you know yep that's fun and you get to meet the people in a non like you're not just the new kid walking in you're amongst many new kids walking in and new people sitting down for a cigar new yeah. people i just had a guy last week who got a cigar and i thought he was going to roll out and nope he he was having so much fun seeing everybody hanging out and having a cigar that he wanted to join so it was yeah and he had a blast I didn't expect him to stay but he, he yeah. had a great time why because it's a place where people I don't think people give a shit about like how much money you have no. or, or what you rolled in on or what you're smoking like they just they're there and if you, they want to have a nice conversation with their coffee if you can give them that like that's the best Like a good bar for a good like manager in a store or like a good person at a lounge for me has always been like that mixture of, I can do everything that's required of me. You know, I can run and I can clean the things or I can um, keep keep my ashtray. Yeah, I'll keep going. Uh, Keep my ashtrays clean. I can, you know, I can check people out quickly and I know enough about the product to really make sure people are making informed decisions on what they're buying when they are looking for a specific uh, body in a cigar or a flavor profile or a brand and i can recommend new things and i'll smoke the new things because i love tobacco and i'm totally down with smoking the new stuff when it comes in right and i'm still like that today you know i still matt what's new or what's new adam if i'm up to, say madison or whatnot i'm always asking what's a new thing yeah. and so i i like trying it just to you know i like to a passion, so I like to keep searching
0: for the next or thing. So, much, so many new things coming out just constantly. Or, and, and the people I hang it's...
1: out with smoke the new things, and so I have to be like, oh, yeah, no, I did smoke that. I'm good. like well, you work in the industry, in. too, so you, you have to stay are You're, you're expected it. to do, yeah, it's just, it's part of the job.
0: I, I mean, like that's you. like I was talking to, to Brooks at Half Wheel, and I was like, you. You smoke and review so many cigars do you en- do you enjoy it and, he was, and it wasn't him saying like no I don't enjoy cigars but it was I smoke so many for work where it's like you lose the passion behind it and he's like my favorite thing is being able to just sit down with a cigar not that I'm smoking it for work or trying to find out about a new brand or product but just to enjoy something I enjoy yeah and finding that that middle ground is important especially when you get into this and like find yourself in a place where it sounds Like, I'm complaining, but I'm not where you have to smoke cigars. (laughs) Oh,
1: no. And (laughs) And it's it's everybody, I mean, if you're in the whiskey industry, it's like, damn, I have to have another drum. Like, oh, you know, I have to go out tonight and drink more whiskey because that's my job. You know, it's just, uh, it's easy at first. I always laugh about, like, when you become a rep, when I became a rep for the first time, everyone, you just get so jaded over time if you don't check the passion, if you don't check, like, why I do it, why I enjoy cigars, why am I making time for this, why am I investing in this, you know? Yep. And uh, there was a period where one of my accounts laughed, he like maybe a year or so in, and he's like, oh, yeah, I remember you coming in, a starry-eyed young <laughs> young pup, and I was laughing at him, because I was like, I still am.
0: Did he see death in your I eyes? I still am, no, that? no,
1: he was just busting my chops, but, and then also showing growth in my journey. Uh, yeah you learn a lot right and you can learn as much as you want or as little as you want and whatever profession you're doing or whatever you're spending your time on um whether it be music whether it be scars whether it be being a good dad or like yep. being a better mentor to your kids or your community your family you put it in the church wherever you're you're investing your time there's things to be learned from all that time being spent so for sure you know always maximizing that is is a positive and and I found, you know, after X amount of years, I still love it. You know, I still was, I could be doing events all week, but I still was looking forward to the cigar with my fiance when I got back home or mm-hmm. with my friends up in Wisconsin when I'd have to, when I could drive back and see everybody. So it was like, yeah. You can't let it get too much. And then even for parcels, like I understand his reviewing has to be crazy yeah. because how many is he going to smoke? Because I had to smoke like a thousand it felt like. And it was like, oh, I'm smoking the same thing. And even though I love this cigar, I I would like to try something new today right. instead of smoking the same five cigars for like two weeks Life well, is too
0: short to smoke a shitty cigar though. So it I is tell people, way like, too. Don't judge a cigar the first time. Never no, do that. You got to do a few. Um, I Unless it's really, least, you really don't like it.
1: Yeah. I mean, if it's something I had one that I didn't like at all and I've revisited it many times and it's still, I still don't. Remember. We gave it a shot. Yeah. Because things can change and your palate can change. And, you know, I recommend trying two, two, three. Yep. Um, I think that's the right. We moment.
0: were at a, I uh, went down to Kentucky with some friends. We did the Old Forester Distillery Tour. We mm-hmm. did James Pepper and then we did At The bar at Willett is the bomb. Yeah. It
1: is the bomb. It is the one thing I recommend everyone to do. My buddy told me about it. And then when we went, I was like, done. It was the food's amazing. I love Willet. Anyways, love but shout out Willet.
0: They looked down at Heaven Hill, the property. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which cracks me up. But, anyways, they at, at Old Forester, uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but the guy that gave us the tour and the tasting was the guy who trains everybody at Brown Foreman in tasting. And he's, we're going through the different, the different bourbons that Old Forester makes. And then he's like, you might love this one, but what we just did was we went through this, for lack of better words, romantic process of talking about the history and the flavor notes and everything that went into this. And right now we've got like 20 people in a room that are super invested in this product and super fascinated by it. And then also right now you paid to have a day away whether you traveled there or you're from Kentucky but to come enjoy this and learn about it so your mindset's very open to yeah learning about the art and, and just everything about it so he's like this bourbon might be your favorite right now but then what's gonna happen is you're gonna go home and then work's gonna stress you out kids are gonna stress you out you're gonna be tired and then you'll be maybe getting to the point in the night where you're like I'm gonna have a drink um if, if it's to enjoy it or because you're stressed, whatever your reasoning is, it's like you're not going to bring all the romanticism that you had about that drink back from home. the distillery back home. Yeah. so You're not going to have
1: that pep rally in your living room. Right. And so finding
0: yeah. different times to sometimes try the same thing and be like, is this really what I enjoy? And if you can find a product that's kind of hits on every category, like that's, I don't know <sighs> if you'd say it's rare. But those products stick out and they're special because you're like, this is just always going to be good. I can be in any mood. I can be with anyone and I'm going to love this thing.
1: Y- yeah. And, and, that, and your palate does change. Yeah. yeah. I uh, Over the last two years, I've been converted to full proof or barrel proof cast strength. Like, I love it. I love the extra kick. I like the extra um, intensity out of it. Is this cast strength?
0: Um, I'll check. Here, throw the bottle on the table. It's
1: 119 feet. proof, so it is close enough.
0: so people can see this thing. It's
1: just the Orm pick. It's very good. I yeah.
0: very cool. Yeah, wherever. Um. So, before we get into your. Your career in cigars past lake country what are we smoking hvc that's the new one mm-hmm. is this released yet or is this mm-hmm. a... okay
1: no it's released i just we brought it in selection number one um i think it's the first cigar out of lorenzo's factory that he built in nicaragua i'm a huge hvc fan um that stems from back in the day too i mean lorenzo is in madison the shop lake country's in delafield he would come down You know, he's working a full-time gig and then also having his own cigar brand. We sold a lot of them. He's a great guy and I've always liked his profile. Mm -hmm. And then as AgaNorsa's come out and like come out with some real bangers over the
0: last few years,
1: I was excited because I was, this was my first introduction. Is he
0: producing through AgaNorsa?
1: I think he was originally. Okay.
0: Yeah, the HVC 2015.
1: I I get I get shit from it from the people at my work all the time. What? I'm not kidding, because they they don't see a lot of it move all the time compared to like our major brands that sell everywhere and wholesale is to- a different game. So it's not just what someone like I would want to smoke. It's what do people want to smoke or try throughout whatever town or city it is. I got so many people um, on that cigar. Yeah. And so I I can't move all of the things I love everywhere, but I try to always put some book in there where it's like, oh, well, you have this brand and this brand. So like people who are looking for that, like classic brand, that cute, that Cohiba, that Monty, that Romeo, that Fuente, like they have it. And then I put things that I think are fun and then I see if they sell. So if like I put a tabernacle in and it goes really well, it's like, okay. Well, like I can put more foundation in because people are gonna be more open there to trying it. Versus other accounts where my father will sell really well and be like, all right, well, I'll just add more. My father, I'll put some Le Bijou, I'll put something else. I'll, you know, build out that line. It's kind of like fishing for, you know, I'm fishing for consumers more so than like selling just to a lounge where they know what their customer wants and like how to sell the cigar. I have to have it sell without having any help from like a humidor manager.
0: Right. We're gonna get into that more, with the wholesale thing that you do. Um, but you, so you're working at Lake Country, and then you mm-hmm. ended up at Alec Bradley. Did they come find you, or were you looking for a job as a rep? Because that job is very different than working in retail. It yes. changes your say changes your life in a, in a sense where these guys are traveling all the time. They're all the time, and and that that's not for everybody. And so when I see these guys just like every cigar event I've ever been to, there's like the same group mm-hmm. of people. I was like, do you, do you see your family? Do you sleep? Do you? Yeah. So
1: that <laughs> so what was- was that like? Um, it was a bit of both. I wanted um, a rep gig. I wanted to be in the industry full time for a number of years at this point. Um, almost since you could say I started at Lake Country, I was, I was looking for a rep job. I wanted to get in, I wanted to get head first because I started at 18, so I started as soon as possible and even a little bit before that via right. my parents. Uh, yeah, non-demonizing of cigar smoking and kind of the mentorship and um, camaraderie that comes with it and how that's important to do. Um, and so, yeah, when I got, uh, they we had a rep here named John, John Walsh. He's a good friend of mine and He was running the territory and there was opportunity for him to get back closer to home. And so he said, hey, spot's gonna open up here. And if you're interested, like I'd love to recommend you. And so that's kind of how it started was, you know, companies normally will throw out a uh, email or a job posting about a rep job, kind of I would assume it starts at the local level for local shops in whatever territory, like, hey, do you have anybody to offer us tribute? And um, there's a few people I know I was against that like are amazing people. It's just funny. It's such a small sandbox. The names kind of you see the names over and over again about people who really care and who have really done the homework or have been involved for a long time, wanting to go full time. Um, And it worked out that I got the job. And so John, he taught me the ropes of the territory and I had a great time doing that. Um, I expanded from one cigar lounge to, you know, 80, felt like.
0: (laughs) While you were a rep there, was that what you expected from that job or like to being loyal to one specific brand? Especially because if you're working in a retail shop, you're, you're all over the place. You have the humidor. Yeah.
1: Whatever we carry, I can sell. And like, I'm doing my job well if I sell whatever we have in stock, whatever brands we're carrying. Um, it was different in some aspects than what I expected, but at the same time I was around for six years. Right. So like I met, I knew the reps, I knew the grind, I knew what their daily lives look like and like how, uh, how to run a territory. And so a lot of those influences helped me, you know, be a better rep. You sure. know, I have plenty of, of friends in this industry that I've had for almost 10, 11, 12 years that like really mentored me and like taught me how to be good at it. And like what did that mean it really meant just trying to like do your best for your account Mm -hmm. show up and you know help figure out ways to make your product sell better and if that's you know uh doing a event then we do an event or if that's showing up and just having a cigar in the lounge with the boys every once in a while that's what we did you know so there's plenty of ways that made it not as daunting you know seeing your accounts pretty regularly like on the road every week or every other week or two weeks, three weeks out of a month. Right. That, that got a little bit uh, wild, but it was still great. I have no regrets whatsoever about it. I learned a lot, I got to travel around, I got to learn that traveling to me isn't the worst thing. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a big shock getting out of that side of things where I was out of state you know, a few times a month to being home most of the month and then going out of state every couple of months because I was home all the time and I wasn't used to that because there was two years almost there where it was like all right where am I going to be next week I'm going to drive you know I put a hundred thousand miles on my car in under two years and so it was like a lot of time on the road um yeah but I enjoyed it overall like I like going to the hotel, checking in and finding right. a nice place to eat or like someplace exploring when you yeah, come. exploring where I'm at or seeing if any of my other rep friends are in town. Because I was doing it so long at this point, it wasn't like I was meeting all these people who were, you know, not competition, but different cigar sure. reps. It wasn't like I was just meeting them and trying to figure out, oh, are we going to be friends or are we not? Or like, are you competition? Like I already knew everybody. And so it was, it was a real easy, like, Hey, are you traveling to Minnesota this week? Are you traveling to, you know, Indiana this week? And like linking up, having dinner and yeah, you know, still seeing friends on the road. I tried to do, and it really helped the mindset of being on the road was having people and friends to go see. And then a lot of the lounges became friends very quickly just because I, I've been in it long enough. I knew they didn't have to teach me anything or tell me anything. Like I kind of understood how a lounge runs because I was in one every You're day for six time. years. Yeah, And so it was like, uh, yeah, it was a really easy fit for having someone out of, who was from the industry jump into one of those roles and from the industry in that area to come through and like, yeah, make that relationship jump off in the right direction. I wasn't going to bullshit them with anything. I wasn't going to try to tell them some crazy thing about this cigar and why it's better than everything else i was like pretty level-headed and reasonable and like hey let's try this brand like let's yep. do an event let's get this going i think it's a great cigar i've been smoking cigars for a long time i feel like most of the samples i gave to owners were always smoked because they like appreciated what i was i was bringing to them and why i thought they should smoke it it wasn't like they were getting thrown on the shelves
0: that was a little you know, bit more, I am mean, not the early years of Alec Bradley, but sort of, right? Weren't they, when did they start? Oh,
1: no, they were around way before that. Um, they, Alec Bradley, I think, started in the late 80s. Has late it been 90s. around that long? No, we got to cut this.
0: No, we're fine. We're just...
1: 90s, I think. Late 90s. Whenever the cigar boom was, that's okay. about the time. I've so got a cool
0: story of how Alan got into that I was listening to an interview of him
1: he's great I love Alan I love Alec and Bradley you know i uh, I still talk to my in-house guy yep. <laughs> Mike Floyd all like every few months I'll call him like uh, Ursula everybody they're great Ralph's amazing I've no yeah Um it ended and that's cool and yep. that's how life works yep and I landed on my feet over at Winter Tobacco and I've been there since 2018 and just selling to stores that I wouldn't have been able to touch right. at a normal rep job.
0: So we left off at Winter. So you you left Alec Bradley and then you ended up at Winter yep. out of Minneapolis, which is a wholesaler. Yes. Talk about that. So that's also like a very different transition from going to retail, going to a specific brand, and then wholesale.
1: Well, up to this point in my journey, I, uh, so retail, mm-hmm. from retail, I went to manufacturing. And we can get into that oh, yeah. later. Yep. And then from manufacturing, I went back to retail for a few years. So, two years, year sure. and a half. And then I went into the rep side. So, like the distribution sales of, a, singular brand and then now i'm on the wholesale side where i would buy from the rep and then distribute within my my territory that brand of cigars and so i've done every side i've been yeah. on every side of the industry so far
0: there's not that many people no but i've done that
1: no no very few Usually people tend
0: to pick their lane and then that's just what they do I want to gauge it all.
1: I want. I've always wanted to do every side. I always wanted every piece, so I could like get a little bit of learn, learning from each part of the game. So then the
0: cigar industry. Speaking of manufacturing, so we're gonna pause. Winner, manufacturing. I think I mentioned it the first time we tried (laughs) to record and had the the everything not recording. Um, That happens. Do that all the time. So you worked at a factory.
1: Yes, I worked at the Placencia factory in El Paraiso, Honduras. Uh,
0: why? How? Because <laughs> that's, um, that's a huge departure from Yeah, so the, rest. the
1: year is 2014. And, um, yeah, I've been in it for a few years, but intensely all of those years. Yeah. So, like, I got to meet the reps, and I meet the owners of companies. And, like, I, I was plugged in, you know, as hard as I could be in the Midwest, and so um, <clears throat> eventually I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if I could roll." So I'm having coffee with Rocky, and the owners of the shop, after an event that was thrown the night before, and Rocky walks in, and the owner of the shop, uh, Donna Maryland, Maryland says to Rocky, "Mikey wants to learn how to roll cigars," and uh-huh. like this is just something we talked about for about like I don't know, maybe ten minutes previous. To him getting there and he was like okay when like when do you want to do this <laughs> and i was like um i'm when's the best time he's like oh, uh, february is normally when like february would be good and so i ended up moving down to honduras in <laughs> february of 2014 and then um basically i was with rocky Rocky's squad. Mm-hmm. Um, tours would come down every maybe one or two a week would come in and so I'd hang out with them, spend time with them, kind of entertain, hang out, make sure they're enjoying themselves, make sure you know the beer is stocked in the fridge or the yep. waters are stocked. Um, and that was a super joy. And then during the days, mostly I would be in the factory, in the Placencia factory in Alparaiso. And I would was be that separate
0: from Rocky? or was that um
1: kind of... that Rocky did all of that for me. Okay. And so that was via Rocky. And so I got, you know, 3 months or so to like go down. I was off work anyways cuz yep. laid laid off in the winter. And so I would go So I went down there for about 3 months and I basically spent most all of that in the factory. So wake up, have breakfast with the tours that are in, say hi, Go to the factory, get on the floor. I started by learning how to bunch cigars, so I would practice that all day. And then, were
0: you the you know, only guy from up here down there? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what yeah. What was that like?
1: <laughs> it was great. I didn't care. It was a good time. I had a blast. No, no,
0: no quarrels. How was the language barrier, or, or was there enough?
1: My internet was down for the first month and <laughs> a half. Um, so my plan of learning Spanish via you know Babel or whatever online rosetta stone at the time potentially yeah that i couldn't get more practice outside of what was just getting thrown at me on a daily basis um but a lot of people had decent english and i had decent enough spanish after just being immersed in it for a while that like i could understand what people were saying or or uh the gist of what they were saying or what the topic was or what they were referring to like i remember being in a meeting with placentas and rockies people and like just like hanging out like i was unrolling and they're like oh we have a meeting do you want to come and i was like sure why not and so you know having coffee with them and like i was just mentally taking notes of what i was hearing and being like okay so they're talking about this 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 and this and then at the end of it i asked maritza what
0: was What the hell are we talking yeah, about? Yeah,
1: <laughs> and she's like, "No, you're spot on." And I was like, "Yes, okay. So like I know enough to get by here."
0: I was talking to a friend the other day and he's like, "I know enough Spanish to get myself into a Mexican prison."
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't know if I know enough here. to get myself out of a Mexican prison. That's see, That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, I'd be I'd be done for. That's fine. But yeah, so I lived down there, and then, so yeah, the day, normal day would be like wake up, breakfast with the tour, whatever tour was in. We had awesome tours, so like, it was a joy to have breakfast and dinner and like hang out with them when they were around. They were, it was so much fun.
0: Were most of the tours from people from the U.S.? Um, I feel like the U.S., I don't know what the word would be, not commercializes, but maybe things like that would draw. mm Mm-hmm. Americans more than others? A lot
1: of U.S. trips, but then we also had quite a number of international. And so I I never kind of knew what was coming in. I just knew that we'd have people here from X day to, you know, three, four days, and then another group from, you know. Then some weekends I'd have nothing, and I'd just sit at the compound and, you know, watch movies (laughs) because there's nothing else I could really do. Outside of that, and the factory be closed. So, but it was great. I'd smoke Pioritos. I'd practice rolling. I'd, I, yeah, I'd listen to music or I'd, I'd, I'd play music. I brought a guitar with me. And so I'd just practice.
0: and, Did you, you know. get good enough at rolling to like be able to hold your ground at it or get good enough to know that you're not good at it?
1: Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Just practice. Yeah. That's what and I've so, heard. It's like... what, what, uh, I wish I would have had more time mm-hmm. for sure. But with that being said, like, no, I could roll. I could bunch. And I learned the classic Cuban style, so, like, in tubular. So, that's the style I was learning. I was putting it between my hands. I was laying it out, and I was feeling it out, placing, ripping, you know, gauging it up. Then I was putting the binder on by hand, and then I was, you know, pressing, and then I was pressing again, and then I was taking out and putting the wrapper on and finishing it off and cutting the cap out, put the cap yeah. on and like cut it off at the bottom.
0: I've know? only seen that in person a couple times. Some of them at events or when, when Bamba comes up. Mm-hmm. At yeah, Gap, love yeah. Bamba. Um, But then my wife and I were in Miami and then went to El Titan Day Bronze. And I just heard about them through Provada Cigar because They did some stuff with them. And I was like, there's a factory down here somewhere in, in Little Havana. I uh, didn't know that much about it, other than. You got to be sure. Yeah, that's why I got this out. Um, there's got to be enough.
1: Old, reliable.
0: Um, yeah, I found that I was. No re- torches
1: in Honduras, believe it
0: or not. I was reorganizing my office the other day and found that underneath my rug. So. I don't know how long it's been down there. It still got fluid. Right, still works. And it'll probably last Go for pick. another year. Um, and so. I didn't know what to expect looking for this factory. We're on, what is it, Cali Ocho in Miami, um, walking down the street, and it's just like this little kind of corner shop. There's not really anything to it. I was expecting like a large production, especially seeing some of the stuff that they crank out. Yeah. And they're doing quality. I think all, if most, if not all, of Warped. Um, and then they're doing projects with uh, Drew Estate FIBA, and yeah. yeah. and like they're it's crazy what they're doing you go in and there's like six tables with just a group of old ladies rolling that have been doing this since they were 10 years old probably yeah and that's just their thing and then smoking since um, six yeah and then i'm like where's the or the aging room they were they were awesome when we went in um and she shows me like this little closet in the back and she's like this is their aging room and so they do such like specific small batch projects and they do them super well. And you're looking at what they're rolling, and she was talking about the Cuban style of rolling.
1: Yeah, um, and tubular.
0: That's fascinating how they do it. Um, and so now, anytime I see a cigar that comes out of that factory, I'm like, that's gonna be good. I don't know about the flavor <clears throat> profile, but I think when people are looking for cigars, usually what's off-putting to them is if the construction sucks. Yeah. people Like, people who don't know cigars that well can see right through that. Like, they either can't get a draw or it's too loose. Um, everything coming out of that factory is the perfection that
1: I've seen. Another reason we say smoke like two to three of something. Yeah. Because sometimes you just get an off bunch. And like, I don't put too much on it, honestly. Every once in a while, there's going to be one that just doesn't quite burn the way I want. But I, I always just touch it up. I don't... I drop most of my cigars when I'm smoking them. So they... It's just a curse. So I'm used to having them cracked or like not? just because I'll be doing something while having a cigar you know yeah. I'll be out here I'll go to change a record over and be like oh well shit well, I just dropped it and now it's you know all the leaf the wrappers popping off everywhere
0: yeah just power through it it's so, not an issue that's cool though like not many people get that experience of not I mean let alone going to Honduras visiting factory working in one
1: oh yeah no that was wild so yeah I'd go th- sorry for no, everybody no, no. For- morning start tours great time then I'd go to the factory and I'd go to my spot and then whatever I was doing, if I was bunching, which was most of the time was spent learning how to bunch. And then uh to putting the wrapper on and like finishing that off was probably my last month, it was more focused on like wrapper. Right. How to how to make it look nice and like correctly and not come undone. Um
0: did that experience make you appreciate the cigars you've smoked in the past or just appreciate the industry? I already Especially did. Because I already really had like a good
1: there. idea of what was happening. Like I said, I wasn't plugged in somewhere where I was just like, oh, we sell this. It was all yeah. people who were like relatively like experienced in it and like well learned on it. And so through that and like other little books that I'd get throughout the years, I'm not a good reader, but like I'd pop in every once in a while and learn something fun. All right. Um, but yeah, so I was getting this information. I already knew that there was two hundred hands that touch each cigar, from seed to you well, know to cigar. Like I already knew that, and so it was it was very humbling in the sense of like I'm doing this. I'm here. I'm trying this. I am no what near as efficient as everybody in front of me, mm-hmm. but like I'm still gonna learn it. And, yep. like, that's just repetition, and that's just showing up every day and doing it. And so that's what I did. So, then normally go home for lunch at some point and then go back to the factory. And then around dinner time or whenever the tour was getting back, we'd leave the factory and go back to the house. And so, yeah, that was like my daily schedule. That's awesome. It was that? Yeah, it was great. It was a really good time. And then when we didn't have tours, I'd just go to the factory all day. Like, it was not a huge issue. And then every once in a while on weekends, we get to go do something. I got to go see John and them at Drew States one weekend with the Cats crew. And they were all awesome, wonderful people. Mm-hmm. And I had a great time there. But outside of that, I was just in my compound at the factory, in tobacco fields, in hanging barns. Like that was the, that's where all my time was spent.
0: Dumping nicotine. Is-
1: oh man, <laughs> the amount of cigars I smoked while I was there was, it was insane. Because that's all you do, and the tours come in and all they do the entire time is smoke cigars. They'll be putting, you know, five, six back, and I'll be like, Well
0: Are you smoking? I'm not, not gonna
1: have another cigar. Yeah, sometimes, but not not often. It's just it's too much. It was yep. too much. I was there to do a job and like I'd be paying attention. I'd try stuff that I bunched. Yep. But I wasn't like smoking cigars while rolling cigars. Cause it's just so much um all the vapors in the air from the tobacco, it's very intense and so i didn't need anything else but i would try my bunches as i did them or i would you know take them home and try them out so
0: yeah i can't i i can have i don't often but i can have several a day and feel fine but when i was at pca this year i was like i don't know how people do this just every day because we i think it was 40 cigars and Two and a half, three days. Yeah, that's, that's a hard one. Off.
1: That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we were, were probably up, but
0: you were eight you
1: eight every day. We
0: had a cigar lit
1: when I lived in Honduras
0: all day. Yeah, and then when we're done, we'd good dinner and then go have another cigar for some crazy reason. But because it's
1: a great time and you want to go be social and have fun and meet with the people and like shoot yeah. the shit, meet a retailer that you haven't met before and like. Next time you go out to their state, you're excited to go see their store. Or, like keep in contact. It's yep. it's great. It's such a fun time. You always want that cigar after dinner. Like yep. that's that's the one. That's the must have. is the after dinner.
0: Absolutely. So you left there retail, Alec Bradley. And now now you're at Winter. Winter. Yep. Wholesale. It's the other side of the business. What does that look like, especially because you're not necessarily applying to shops like Lake Country that they know exactly what they want you're going and educating a lot of these shops you
1: can't sell as much of the product that you love to smoke because it just won't move Um, over time you can kind of change like certain retailers consumer base Mm -hmm. by just bringing in great stuff and then moving out things that like are just there because of recognition yeah. and like there's great cigars from every brand out there for the most part makes like a really good cigar so i'm not knocking anybody i just you you try to figure out where the palate of these consumers are without ever coming into contact with them right. <laughs> and without like the retailer knowing what what's in there and some do and some don't and it's all good because i'm always trying to make sure that everyone who goes in there regardless of you know being new or like an advanced smoker like there's an option for you there's something mm-hmm. that and the other options you should try again because there's great cigars out there that you probably haven't had for a long time and so i always try to like make it so that there's like a good mix of things that i think are like really high quality in the industry that maybe people won't know the name of but like will try and once they do they'll love it um and also just like are these you recognize retailers usually this?
0: pretty receptive to your opinions on like very. What you think would go well, at least?
1: Yes. I'm very lucky. But yes, a lot of them. Um,
0: if you're very lucky, is that not usually the...
1: It is for me, but I don't think it's like that for everyone.
0: Just to clarify, this isn't... It's not all cigar shops. It's...
1: Yeah, no, lots it's of
0: lots of awesome liquor stores.
1: Lot, yeah, and so we can sell outside of a lounge, basically. It's kind of yeah. like how I'll boil it down, outside of a cigar lounge. We can sell to a cigar lounge, and we can also sell to places that aren't cigar lounges. Because mm-hmm. there's not that many. They don't cover whole states. You know what I mean? There's, like, pockets of them in areas, and then there's, like, nothingness as far as the eye can see. And so to, like, give people an option of good cigars, if they're in, you know— uh, red wing minnesota you know or uh, some random place in iowa yep. you know like to have a place where they can go get cigars locally and like enjoy you know a bunch of different types of smokes mm-hmm. like it's a good it's the way trying to build out that is important at least from my uh, my perspective, because I want people to be smoking the best cigar possible. Right. I don't I don't like wasting people's time on certain cigars. I don't, and maybe it's not a waste of time, but I would rather plug them in with a mild that maybe they haven't heard of or, you know, maybe they would overlook. I like I like bringing variety to yep. humidor's, and so I get to do that now, That's full awesome. time. But yeah, no, a lot a lot of my accounts let me pick what goes in there the most part or, or always asking for new products or like um, uh, lines to expand. I, I get that all the time, which is great because that means cigars are selling for them, which means right. I'm doing my job. And so, but it's fun because like, yeah, I get a little bit more reach into the general populace that isn't close to a lounge or isn't close to a, a, a spot that they can go for, for nice cigar selection. And then I get to like, put fun things in for them to check out and hope that like that person who picks that cigar up loves it so much that they like go and get another and then they tell their friends like ah this is a really great cigar like you guys like cigars let's let's have one together you know right. and pick up a few more like that's that's what makes my
0: job awesome so that leads to the next thing which is the most recent not that you're, you're still doing you're still doing wholesale mm-hmm. um, but when we launched the magazine, You've been super helpful for me over the years, teaching me about the industry, teaching me about cigars, since day one <laughs> me being into mm-hmm. cigars. Um, 2003,
1: Rocky Patel, Vinuch Cameroon. That's it.
0: That's yep. it. had that's another one cigar. of those the other day. It's amazing. Um, so you've always had this very, uh, what would be educational approach of, like we've been talking about, like you just love teaching people about cigars, introducing people to things. And you've, I don't know how long it's been, you've, you've hinted towards wanting to start something of your own. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I was sitting in the shop. You knew about the magazine. It was kind of in the early stages of us trying to figure out what the heck this thing's going to be. And then you were—you had the light bulb moment for Mikey Lights It. To... So, if people that have watched our podcast or have read the magazine, um they may be aware of Like He Lights It and then the entry that you guys have in each issue. Yeah. Um, but for those of us who have no clue what that is, talk about Like He Lights It.
1: Yeah, so co- you approached me and I was like, first off, I am like not a writer. It's not something I'm good at. I, yeah, I wouldn't know what to say. I, for the most part, think I'm relatively not interesting um but yeah so when you're like hey do you wanna you know write for this magazine i was like there's no there's no way in hell i can't do that like what am i gonna do what am i gonna write who's gonna like look at these ridiculous ideas and like stories and be like oh yeah i'll i'll send that to someone else to write for you just give them you know bullet points little bullet points and so eventually i throughout you know however many months it was i I was like, I know a really good writer. And I was like, so maybe I'll ask that really good writer. And so he came along and you know, I thought basically if I'm gonna do it, I want someone, if they're gonna be writing with me, about me, I wanna like know them well. And I want them to know me well. So that way there's not like, it's, an, it's a smoother process. So it's not like, oh, he said this. So like, I don't know what that means. He basically knows what I mean. And so just knowing him for so long and having a talent like that, that was like accessible was a huge blessing. And so um, after talking with him for a bit about it, he's like, no, I'm interested, let's do this. And then we started thinking about ways to, uh, to start something, to start doing something. And so we came up with Mikey Lights It as kind of like an outlet to do that. like just start writing about things or or putting together like a package that would give cigars that I think are really worth people's time out to them wherever they are not just in Wisconsin not just that I come in contact with but like I would like to do that and that would be like another way for me to kind of like give back to the industry that gave to me so so much and so we started working on that and talk about that and then, you know, we met with you guys and we're like, hey, here's what we kind of want to do. And we've really liked the articles that we've put out so far. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of wild sometimes, but like... Oh, they're great. It's about... Yeah, we're not... the One of the best things was like, we didn't ever want to be funded by anybody. And so like, we, we didn't have to be. And we like had people and had relationships and had things set up where like, we could do this thing and like we're already like basically set up for it due to my profession for the last however many years. Um, and time spent. So like, it just kind of was like, let's do this. Um, and so we did and we're still doing that and it's great. Um, we talked earlier about mentor mentorship with like older, especially older, older people, you know, more life experience, more, time out learning about how the whole games played of life right and i was just there uh, hanging out with our friend the other day and he said uh he asked me about it and i was like it's going great we're selling parcels people are really happy we're really thankful but like we need to figure out the identity and it's just like starting a band when you start a band you get a bunch of people who are good at doing something playing guitar piano drums whatever you're looking for keyboard um vocalists right and then after that the next however many years is just you trying to figure out your sound and so the, you can't figure that out until you've been doing it for a while and so you're just like that's where i'm at we're looking for the sound we're really proud of what we're doing with the magazine mm-hmm. we're really proud of what we're doing with uh the parcel each month but we have to figure out That pivot point to turn it into our thing, turn it into the thing that it's meant to be. And so when I was talking with my friend Pat at the store this week, um, know for a very long time, um, successful small business owner as well, um, he's like, "You said pivot. I love that word. I've had to pivot so many times in 12 years or whatever of having my own business that like you need to learn that. And so we're just trying to figure out how to pivot in the right way to make sure that we're maintaining. Yeah, I want to be more social media active, but I'm not a social media person. Yeah, it takes time. There's so many things that, like, I am so in love with real time and just what I'm doing at the time or the people I'm spending time with in real time that the non IRL life is like, it's not an easy thing for me to tap into because. I like running into the people I see on social media whenever I can. I'm a very big fan of it, but like, I also don't go searching out
0: yep. that it's tough too. Cause it's like, if you have your, your circle of people that, that support you, that, that network with you, that give you advice when you need it. Like it's tough to say, I'm going to 12 years out. at a cigar I'm lounge. will give you that to we'll... strangers. That's a tough, yeah, that's a tough thing it's, or with like the vision and goal for, the company it's it's like we've experienced with with the magazine we have 100 years of practice our business does of launching magazines we've been doing it since 1922 and so when we came along with the idea for atf it was like we have the magazine piece down we have the passion for the the products and, and industries that we're we're wanting to serve and get into but it's like that constant recalibration of what do we need today? What do we need for the week? What do we need for the month? What do we need for the year? And how do we kind of, like you said, pivot or reassess what, what is the end goal mm-hmm. um, without losing that initial spark, that initial passion that you had, which is really tough to do because you just get kind of drowned out by social media and marketing and just all this stuff. And and you're the like, barriers. Like, I, I mean, we found. launched
1: the website, right? We launched it. Everything is rocking. Ready to go, man. Like, boom, up, let's do this. And, like, within an hour, big tech was like, nope. Yeah, and, like, pay- yanked. Your payment portal? Yep. Yeah. Our payment portal. <laughs> and then, nope, the yanked this. Like, selling contraband? <laughs> no, apparently not. Um, But, so yeah, we were just like a slew of this BS we had no control over. Yeah. Just like, how do we figure this out? And then, oh, we can only accept PayPal right now. We can only do this. It's just like the amount of barriers that just the internet throws at you currently are are very big because you can only get so far. And depending on how your content is seen through the eyes of moderation through whatever company it is, like you could not reach anybody. And so, you know, the slow and low approach is what it has to be. In these types of industries and yeah it's not easy to maintain that level of just like let's yeah. keep it rolling yeah let's go happened. i'm cool with working 12 hours every day for the rest of my life you know like it's not easy
0: well it's like when people say like it's, i'm sick of working for someone and working 70 hours a week so i started my own business and now you it's work like, 100 that was a hours stupid a idea wasn't yeah. it <laughs> no i think camera. people
1: should should start their own businesses or should pursue things that they're passionate about you know i'm not knocking that at all i'm not even on the full spectrum of just having like a retail store that like i have to keep open every day like imagine me doing that doing a full retail store like that's a whole nother slew of problems keeping people employed how many people are coming in a day how do we pull more like this is like not that level of of entrepreneurship uh...
0: It's, that has a base yeah. and and like take Lake Country as an example, Matt came in this isn't discrediting Matt because he's done amazing things for the shop but he came in with a really good base that he was managing for years so when he was like I'm going to take this business to be my own he had a foundation and so going completely in the dark at your own thing is that's a tough yeah. it's always a tough thing well, it's, 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 grassroots
1: grassroots. Yeah. I like grassroots cuz like it's it's a better way. I didn't yeah. want to be it overnight and I'll pivot in whatever way if that I've already have ideas and have had some meetings about it. I'm about how to do it better and how to do it like how to offer more than just, you know, something that happens every month that right. you know, who knows if people are smoking more than five cigars a month. And I also don't necessarily need them to be buying from me those only cigars, like I want them to get plugged in. I want them to like have a cigar or two a week or like, you know, Yeah, that's, I, that's, that's important That's the to me. too
0: that I find with a lot of Or like use online... it as a
1: sharing tool. Like I have these cigars, and I want to share them with my friends. So I'm gonna have a bunch of buddies over and we're all gonna have a cigar together and it's gonna be awesome. And yeah. I got quality cigars picked and I'm treating my boys out to the equivalent of a drink at a bar.
0: Yeah, well what I like about what you're doing in tandem with the magazine, even if it's completely separate is, there's the article that you and Ethan write, and then there's the breakdown of that month's parcel. And so the the reader gets to know you, gets to know the passion that you have for the industry. And then when it gets to the parcel portion of the article, it's breaking down why you love that cigar and why you think someone else would. Mm-hmm. But you're not trying to say, like, you need to smoke this because this is the good cigar. It's here's no, because every what cigar is here's different. why. And I th- and I th- and people aren't going to. Th- I mean, I did for a long time. Um, but most people aren't going to sit down and read half-wheel articles that are new to it. Yeah. Because they're like, I'm not... They just won't. Mm-hmm. Um, or like do deep research on a cigar. They want to know what's out what's out there. Why might I enjoy it? What might it be good to pair with? And, and then try it. And so giving someone access to all that information getting to let them know you and and your heart behind the project and then actually have cigars that that you recommend that's super cool and you're not trying to take business away from a retail shop yes the goal is not that and that's the challenge with so many of these which is always interesting to hear the conversation of starting an online retail like there's some huge ones um but i'm trying to also not kill brick and mortar.
1: Brick and mortar is like it needs to be Super there.
0: important. Um and also not trying to f- create an online cigar purchasing like a cigar retail site that then gives crazy discounts and then like that that'll eventually makes its way back to the producer of that cigar. You like don't... you want to respect everybody in the game. Yeah. And it's tough to do but like <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's not, I don't like the devaluing of the product. Mm-hmm. Like I know the people, I've spent a lot of time with the people who live this, who are in the factory working day in and day out and in the fields and planting the seeds and managing the nurseries and like, it's not, their time's worth something. And like when we devalue what they're making, it. I just don't like it. Right. I'm not a fan um yeah i also would like a world where people are okay with paying msrp for something a world where your whiskey and all these other things are flying through the roof like i don't think eight nine dollars for a cigar is like a crazy ask you know and it for some people it can be i mean i remember being young and you know not not at all financially stable and just you know having you know i was working at the shop that's how i paid for my cigars. like i get that you know everybody has a different walk of life and has you know certain budgeting rules either with their you know spouses or you know whatever yeah. it may be that's like i get it it's not something that you can do all the time but i think it's important to do every once in a while if that's if, the case
0: if there was a way to infinitely give away cigars that would not give away as in the money from the producer of that or from those brands but like we've been in a position for a while where cigars are accessible mm-hmm. not only because we're getting paid but just we get them sent to us we're around them often so the, the stash at home slowly grows so giving one away is not it's not it's yeah. not hard to do and like like all have friends come over and they i feel like they used to be like do you mind if i take the cigar and now they're like they walk in the house they walk straight to the humidor which is a big dewalt toolbox which (laughs) which works well you gotta upgrade oh no no no! it's that i did upgrade and then i ran out of space so now i've got stacks of that'll happen waterproof containers yeah i haven't 12 years i'll tell you i I haven't gotten the cabinet humidor yet um but it's worked so they'll just like freely walk over because they know that i'm I'm not trying to hoard these. I have them so people can smoke them and so I can take time with people and and hang out. And having that as kind of the vehicle for like, let's get a cigar and hang out and talk is just, it's nice to not have to worry about where am I going to get one? Do I have to go buy a bunch of them to have people come over? It, it, like it, Yeah, you it's have a luxury. stock on hand. Yeah. Uh,
1: I always did that though. I always was a box buyer. So that way I'd hand out. Well, like, I don't mean, today I don't I was mean like, buying
0: boxes. I mean, I mean like... You just you have stuff at home, and you have access mm-hmm. to more. So allowing other people to not have to deal with the price barrier and enjoy a cigar and, and a yeah. conversation is awesome to be able to do.
1: Yeah, and there's cigars in all different you know categories too, and price points that they make some really great stuff. You know, I like a little New Cuba from Aganorsa. It's a great bundled cigar. What have like you? HBs, they're the best. What have so you nice. been
0: excited about with cigars lately? Like, what have you what have you gravitated towards, or what have you found? outside of hvc we gave them we gave them their credit right now or in this podcast yeah i like what the you, factory
1: that's for sure big fan
0: um but what have you been excited about that's been coming out
1: i am excited about uh the fuente padron thing I don't think it's going to happen. I (laughs) I was, I watched the unveiling. I (laughs) still will be like, okay, come on, let's just do something. Um, but outside of that you don't necessarily know when things are going to launch or what's coming out. It's normally like at the show they release like, okay, these are our new brands like weeks leading up. Um, so it's hard to be like, I'm looking forward to this project because this project we don't even have a name for. Um, I just find myself generally looking forward to the next cigar. And so, like, if that's something I had before or not, like, it sounds cliche, but like, yeah. no, I, I, I really do. Like, if I'm mowing my lawn or if I'm going to listen to record or if I'm going to, you know, go out and meet with some friends, like, I'm excited to, like, pick the cigar I want to have that night, have it ready, cruise out there because yep. I'll have it on hand since, like I said, I like to buy boxes because I like the ability to be like, oh, I have like 20 of these, so, mm-hmm. like, I can share these, like. i'll share with you you and you and like someone comes over we can have the same thing together they can try it um and then if i need to get more i get more in the future um but yeah i just get excited to try everybody's stuff you know it's not like we're gonna reinvent the cutter you know or like reinvent the flame to light the cigar and so it's just kind of looking looking and being excited for people releasing new things or coming out with um, uh, variations of things uh, it's all yeah it's it's hard to say i look forward to just having the next one or sharing the next one or being with someone for the time to be spent yeah. with having that cigar more so than like oh they're coming out with this cigar this year because it may not be good Yep. and so and that's such a personal thing that i won't know till i try it so i'll get hyped but it Until I have it in my hands, I'm smoking it and enjoying the time I'm having with the cigar, hopefully with someone. Then I'm just kind of.
0: Let's say your favorite cigar, favorite whiskey is what you're drinking.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: that's. Everyone's always pushing, like, what's the new thing? What's the. I mean, in in all of these industries, there's definitely a law of diminishing returns where it's like, once you're spending $40 on a cigar, it's like, is that. Hey, it's, it's, it can be for There's somebody amazing stuff out there. I mean, I, I
1: haven't bought a forty dollar cigar in a long time.
0: Yeah, I haven't either. And I'm not
1: saying it's wrong by any means. I just I have. Speaking of
0: forty dollar cigars, if you do buy one, the Atabay. That I mean, if you're in a, in the mood for like just the creamy smooth cigar experience. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That
1: that Atabay is delicious. Yeah, is people good. gave that. It is like a mild. it's that so but much crap for no reason. It's mild.
0: like. It's like you're just jealous. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: a good... I really liked it when I had it a few years ago for the first time. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like a push in the, that mild cigar category that I'm always trying to find the best one, yep. even though it's not my favorite profile. I'm more of a medium, medium plus. Yep. Um, but yeah, I like searching out for that awesome mild smoke that still has flavor and still offers something, you know, to a palate that normally prefers medium full body. Um so I really yeah, I do like
0: I like that cigar a lot. There's too many good ones.
1: Yeah, that's my favorite from them in general though. Like that's my
0: favorite cigar
1: that is it United? Is United. It? Yeah, yeah, United. It's my favorite They do, cigar they do they
0: Byron, right?
1: Yeah. Byron is fine for me. Yeah. They have some good,
0: good stuff on the full side.
1: Yeah. I just yeah, that's my
0: favorite. Um, very cool. Yeah, but like at the the event the other day I was smoking a Padron, the nineteen twenty six i love 26. it's like i don't want to be partial oh. to padrone and people give them crap on their relationship with their mist whatever the relationship is with something something like uh cigar fish where like they keep ending up on the top 10 of the year or top 25 whatever the number is it's like it's an amazing cigar There's it's one of a- <laughs> the most
1: consistent cigars of all time 64s it, and 26s it's gonna be
0: yeah that's I love, that's yeah. my go-to if if it's available But like you said, it's like there's so many new things coming out and everyone's like, try this, this came out. And then you want to smoke what's new at the shop just to be aware of what's on the market. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love being able to say, like, I'm not in work mode. I'm going to sit down and have a cigar just because I want one. And that's usually my go to. But I feel like that that occasion is becoming less and less. So I need to up it. I need to force myself to have cigars when I'm not working just chill just yeah really good ones.
1: and on the magazine side i'm sure like you guys get sent stuff from people i don't which is hilarious because i've been doing it for so long and i still pay for cigars which is completely fine because i support you know i'll go to right. one of my stores or whatever i'll buy a
0: cigar i tumor, do pay for cigars but so if someone says have this i'm not gonna tell oh them no, no i never <laughs> say no either
1: i'm always down i just always laugh that it's like yeah people think that you just get that if you're in the industry and it's not that way like right. there's varying right. degrees of like you know, if a rep comes in, if he'll give you a cigar or two to try or not, yep. right? But for the most part, that's yeah. how all these industries I buy a lot, are. And but... I don't mind, like I said, at all. I don't want the product being devalued. I don't want, like, I appreciate the art, so like yep. I'm okay with paying for it.
0: I think there's this misconception that if people are in these industries, like between alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, that they've somehow fully rely on their connections to be able to get free stuff. It's like no people who get into these industries vocationally most likely spent years paying full dollar for everything and then continue to because they want to like they're just you want what to, you want they're excited about it yeah you want what you want and some of like firearms that's way harder to really get into just based off the price point yeah um and, and access and every state's different but but yeah like the don't lose the passion for it and keep supporting brands yeah you
1: I always laugh because it's like, people be like, oh, it's an $8 cigar, it's a $9 cigar, and I get that. But like, it's a $12 cocktail at the restaurant that you're gonna- Find at that. Yeah, you're gonna (laughs) down in five, 10 minutes, right? Or at least I will. And so it's like, you're spending money on other things that don't net as much enjoyment time and like kind of like intentional enjoyment time that it's kind of a no-brainer for me. Buy a bottle of whiskey and you know a cigar or two, and yep. that'll last me for you know at least two nights. You know? right. <laughs> not well, the whole we, bottle. Just we went when we
0: were at, down in Kentucky last. I we went to uh, Justin's house of bourbon. I bought a bottle of this Willet four year, and then was like, I'm gonna save this for a while because uh, you can find it up here, but gotta look for it a little bit. Yeah, um, down there it's everywhere though. So I was like, I'm gonna buy a bottle and then. Let it sit for a while, and I'll have it eventually. Yeah. Get back to the cabin, start a fire. Most of the bottle was gone by the end of the night. Yeah, I got <laughs> I two like, bottles in to Minnesota. I was like I going I to Will it tomorrow. I'll reload.
1: <laughs> yeah, I went. I got two bottles on my way up through Minnesota, this last two weeks to the warehouse and see everybody. And like, yeah, I brought it to just like everybody to like share and have a good time over cigars one yep. night. And like, it was quarter of each. And it was like, that was still well spent. Like it was still a great time and we, yeah, you can, you can go through a lot if you're having a great time, especially with the cigar. You can, you can have a drama too. Absolutely.
0: Well, I will finish this by my favorite quote that one of my friends from school got a tattoo of, which was put your phone down and smoke your damn cigar. Yeah, man, (laughs) that's a
1: great (laughs) quote. That's the way to do it because yeah, we lose a lot of ourselves to it. Absolutely. And I, Try not to use
0: as much of that time. The more towards the more that my life becomes revolved around phone. computers and my phone, the more I hate them.
1: And I'm a phone caller too, so like I'm a yeah. weirdo. Like even know, I'll, like I'll text. I will
0: call. I will text. I'll facetime you. Then like minute. planning of a phone call. That's yeah. about it. When someone starts getting conversational with a text, I'm like, nope, we're not doing this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's too much, and you just you waste too much time. But, and like, there's
1: so much. To, value to get though two podcasts or, you know, things you're into, audiobooks, music, yep. uh, that it it is a great tool and I love having it. And I use all of those tools with yep. like real intention can't day. Can't live with it,
0: can't live without it.
1: Yeah. But I find great value. I just don't, I, that in-person, that time away from, you know, things that aren't right in front of you or aren't real concerns you should have, just yep. like have your time unplugged
0: yep unplugged so, with a cigar
1: yeah and that's why i smoke so damn many
0: of them so awesome well thank you for doing this thanks for
1: having me uh, if i didn't look at the camera i'm sorry i don't, I don't care I get nervous but yeah thanks for listening
0: i don't and, know how uh, people do this whole thing the vlog thing where they stare at the camera
1: it's gotta just it's gotta oh, be I- maybe it's just the reception right away because you have to build that confidence up for I sure think it's, you think that I could just stand in front of that camera like my friends I'll hold shop I'll bring out the soapbox but yeah, that I don't, I don't no how, fucking way
0: I don't know how people do that for a living just I mean eventually you I've heard you forget that the cameras there yeah for sure which, like I said it just doesn't gotta bother be me anymore but when like just the one the one person vlog thing, like every YouTube channel, like, oof. Well, you
1: have to have the drive too, yeah. right? And have that, that's a lot of drive to have but that kind of channel up.
0: That talking to robots all day.
1: Yeah, but that drive, you know, if five people are listening or if a thousand people are listening, you know, that's the kind of level you have to operate at,
0: I would assume. Yeah, you can't look at To the, be successful in that industry. The, can't look at the numbers, can't look at the, the comments, can't look at that, you just have to... It do doesn't your, matter. Do what you're passionate If you about. don't like
1: it, don't listen. Yeah. If you like it, please listen. It, You know, you can't get too drawn up in other people's stuff.
0: Absolutely. So awesome. But cheers. Thank you.